God. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 6. Hey, man, I did all that talking. Now I'm hot. Praise the Lord. Oh, Lord. Proverbs chapter 6. Verses 1 through 5, Proverbs chapter 6. We're still in our series. Man, this series has been off the chain. People have been stopping yes, me. Pastor, yes. thank you so much. Texting me, amen, letting me know what a blessing it has been. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Proverbs 6, amen, 1 through 5, amen. Proverbs chapter 6. Verses 1 through 5. And the reason is this, my child, if you have put up security for a friend's debt or agreed to guarantee the debt of a stranger, if you have trapped yourself by your agreement and are caught by what you said, verse 3, follow my advice and save yourself. For you have placed yourself at the friend's mercy. Here's what I need you to do. Swallow your pride. Go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do. Verse 5. Save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. It's, a it's a new month, but I'm still tired of being broke. Hallelujah. Turn to another neighbor and say, neighbor, that's why I got to free myself. Amen. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you, Lord God, for the reality of your word. We thank you, Lord God, for how simple you make your word, Father God, that we can be able to follow it and do exactly what you have called for us to do. So we pray, Lord, right now, Father God, that your word will be impactful. We pray that we will be transformed, oh God, that we will put your word into place, Lord God, in our lives, that we will see results, Father God, that we will see some things change, Father God. We're literally tired of being broke, living paycheck to paycheck, Father God. That is not your will for our lives. So help us, oh God, to be good stewards of what you've already placed in our care. Help us, oh God, to make a budget. Help us to be disciplined, Father God. Help us not to spend everything that we get, Father God, but help us in the name of Jesus, Lord God, to be good stewards, managers of what you have already placed in our care, Father God. So we thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for what you've already done. And it's in the matchless name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people said... Hey, man, say something nice to your neighbor. You've been sitting next to him for an hour. Hey, man, say something nice to him. Give him a compliment. Hey, man, give him a fist bump. Hey, man, it's still flu season. Fist bump. Praise the Lord. Hey, man, let them know that you're glad that they are in the house and that they have the best seat in the house today right next to you. So we have been, this is week four that we have been in our current series entitled, uh, I'm Tired of Being Broke. Everybody said, I'm Tired of Being Broke. This is our fourth week in it. It has been absolutely life-changing as we have been taking a look at God's word and looking at the principles of his word when it comes to our finances so that we can be better. I hope and pray, it is my sincere prayer that you have taken everything these past four weeks and that you are literally looking at your finances, that you are really lining some things up, that you are really putting some things into play so that you can be able to see different results. I know that we're three months into the new year. I know, I know we're, in, we're now in a new quarter now. We're 
we're now in a new month. If there's ever going to be any change in your life, especially when it comes to your finances, it's not going to happen without a decision. It's not going to happen without some action. I mean, you can pray about it all you want to. You can fast about it all you want to. But until you buckle down and begin to make some changes in your life, until you buckle down and begin to make some decisions in your life, some adjustments that you need to make in your life and realize that, oh my goodness, I need to get better with my finances. It's not the enemy's fault. It's not Satan's fault. It's not the devil's fault. It's not Lucifer's fault. It is my fault. He's not putting a gun to my head and telling me to use my car, to use my credit card, to spend everything that I get. It is not the enemy's fact that my, my, my taxes just hit my account and it's all gone now. Somebody get me I'm taking him talking about my tax. I do whatever I want. Okay, I'm just trying to help you through the word of God and what the word is saying so that you're not waiting to live your best life once a year. Waiting on your taxes to hit. Praise the Lord. I know you didn't ask for that one. But I believe this. I've been saying this for the past four weeks, and I'm going to continue to say it. I do not believe for now that it is the will of God for us to live paycheck to paycheck. I do not believe it is the will of God for us to live paycheck to paycheck. It is not the will of God for us to be struggling financially. It's not the will of God for us to be overworking ourselves, overextending ourselves with multiple jobs. But we increase our debt, which means that now because I'm working so many jobs, I'm not even able to enjoy the money that I am making because I'm always working. I'm not able to do things in life that matters, like spending time with my family and my friends because I'm always working. I believe that God wants to help us to focus, to have unwavering attention to our finances because it has so much to do with our lives. Do you realize, do you realize that if we can be able to put practical biblical uh, financial moves in our lives and begin to walk these things out and apply it to our lives that we can rid ourselves of unnecessary stress? That's right. You realize if we can be able to follow what God's word says, that we can be able, the Bible says he came that we could be able to have life and have life more abundantly. He wants us to enjoy life. Please don't miss what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you put all these things into play, um, that you're budgeting, that you have a savings, that you have an emergency fund, and you're not, I mean that you're so tight that you don't want to do anything. I'm not saying that at all, but you can be able to do what you want to do in life. Just have a plan for getting it done, because if you don't give your money direction, your money will tell you what it's going to do. If you don't tell your money where to go, your money would get spent on stuff that you go back and think, oh my gosh, why did I allow that infomercial to just really entertain my mind and to purchase this stuff that I could have just went to Walmart? If we don't give our money the direction, if we don't give our money attention, you will find yourself being like I was last night at Walmart, minding my own business, going to get first lady some tea. I go past the children's section. I said, oh, my gosh, these are some cute little shirts. Oh, my goodness. I can see Kenny in these shirts. I get one. I'm just going to get two. I don't know how much they are. Well, I know how much it is. I'm just going to get two. I'm not going to get no more. Get to the checkout line. <laughs> find out the shirt with Nala. With just a dollar. <laughs> what did my silly behind do? I went home, dropped that stuff off, went back to the store and got some more shirts. <laughs> I 
I went to the store to get some lemonade, to get some tea, to get some lemons, and I come out the store with lemonade, I come out with tea, I come out with clothes, I come out with pretzels, I come out with all types of stuff, and I'm sitting there at the checkout line trying to figure out, wait a minute, hold up, how all they get that much? Wait a minute. If we don't give our money direction, it will develop, it becomes its own GPS system and decide where it wants to go. Then you're sitting there trying to figure out where has all my money gone. Come on, saints of God. Let's rid ourselves of this unnecessary stress. Let's, Let's rid ourselves of this unnecessary pressure. When all we have to do, I'm about to curse, all we have to do is discipline ourselves. And tell ourselves no. Now, delay our gratification to have a better tomorrow. Getting that free is only the beginning. It's a lifestyle that has to be maintained. It's a lifestyle that has to be maintained. We've shifted our minds down. We're we're looking at how can I become debt free? How can I be better stewards of what God has placed in my care? I got to have an emergency fund just in case. I told you all about the summer. We want to be able to have $500 saved up just for an emergency. Once again, that you want to be able to have a friend that have a little bit more wisdom than you do to help you to define what an emergency is. Otherwise, everything's going to end up being... An emergency. I want to be able to have that planned out. I want to be able, once I get the 500, then I want to be, then I want to be able to have a thousand dollars saved up just in case anything can happen. I could have some trouble with the car. I may have to go to the ER. I want to have some money saved up so that when that, when, when life happens and when that thing pops up, it won't get everything else that I, they won't get everything else that I have planned off track. That's right. Diddy, debt free is only the beginning. But I have to maintain that lifestyle once I get there. Listen, once you become debt free and you have financial freedom, that is good, that is great. But the same principles that you use to get you there are the same principles you need to use to be able to maintain there. Because if you're not careful, you will find yourself once again pulling out the old visa, pulling out the MasterCard, and using it for something that you simply could have saved up for and had to pay in full. This is a mindset that we're striving to get to, but once we get there, we gotta maintain. It's, it's almost like working out. It's great that you work out and lose some weight, but the same thing that you were doing to lose the weight, you have to continue to do that to maintain, All right. to maintain where you are. So the Bible shows us how to be better with our finances. Now, I want to share something for the word this morning that's really going to help us. Really, you may not, some may not like it. You may have already done it or whatever, but I'm just saying what the word says. Just give me what the word says. Here's the trap that we need to avoid. We need to avoid the trap of cosigning. Ooh, Holy Ghost. Oh, God. He came in strong right there, didn't he? As soon as I said cosigning, somebody went out. Ooh, I felt it. He went out right there. I, I saw you. I saw you. I, yeah. Avoid the trap 
of cosigner. Oh, gosh, it's getting hot in here real quick. Here it is. He said it right here. Solomon said it right here in Proverbs 6. He's talking as he's sharing the wisdom as if he's talking to his child. He says, my child, if you have put up security for a friend's debt or agreed to guarantee the debt of a stranger, if you have trapped yourself by your agreement and are caught by what you said, follow my advice and save yourself for you have placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Swallow your pride now. Swallow your pride now. Go and beg for your name to be erased. Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do. Save yourself like a gazelle, escaping from a hunter like a bird, fleeing from a net. Avoid the trap of cosigner. Pastor Swans, what is cosigner? I'm so glad you asked that question. A cosigner is a person who accepts, please hear this, who accepts joint responsibility for the debt of another. Pastor, make it make sense. Co-signing is if I say, okay, Carrie wants to get a new car. She may not, she doesn't have any credit yet. And she said, Daddy, I please, 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 Daddy, I want this new car. I will look so good in it. I could be on time for Sunday school every Sunday morning, Daddy, if you let me get this car. And I said, okay, Carrie, I believe you. Daddy loves you. Daddy, your daddy's princess. I want you to have the best in the world. And I go and I sign my name on the loan. I'm telling the bank that as beautiful as she is, as smart as she is, if my daughter does not make the payments on this car, I'm next in line to pay that loan. I'm, bring, I'm, I'm adding, here it is, saints of God, you may already be debt free, but now because you have co-signed, you have entered into the world of debt. Once again, because if they can't get them, they'll get you. Because your name is on the loan. Co-signing, if we're not careful, is a trap that will cause many of us, it will cause many of us, I mean, it will cause many of us to go back and to revert back to old habits and to old ways, and we will reintroduce ourselves to that. Here's what people don't tell you, that when you get ready to go and co-sign for someone to be able to get something, that you are setting yourself up. If they don't do what they're supposed to do, not only is their credit jacked up now, but your credit and your name now is being impacted by the choices that they're choosing not to make. Oh, my goodness. Go to Proverbs 22. I want you to see just how impactful this can be. Proverbs 22, 26 through 27. 26 through 27. I'm not going to be long this morning because it's, it's got real tight in here now. Y'all done shut me down. Y'all done shut me down. Y'all done shut me down. Facebook, help me out. Share this. Somebody done shut me down. Here it is. Proverbs 22. Tell it. 26 through 27. Pastor, well, you just don't understand. I, I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to help them get on their feet. I'm trying to help them build their credit. I'm trying to help them get ahead in life. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can do. You can go to the dealership and see what type of car that you want and what you can do in helping your child, in helping your loved one, in helping your friend. You can say, hey, you want that car right there? It looks real good, don't it? You can, you can see yourself in it. Find out how much the payments will be a month, and then you begin to save your money. Mm -hmm. That's it. Save your money of what that note would be every month. And then when you go to the bank, they talk about finance. I finance myself. I'm paying with cash. Amen. 
Oh, okay. Y'all don't want that. Okay. Proverbs 22, 26 to 28, 27. It says, don't agree to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for someone else. If you can't pay it, even your bed will be snatched from under you. Don't cheat. Oh, I went too far. If you can't pay it, even your bed will be snatched from underneath you. What is Solomon trying to get us to understand? That when you co-sign for someone, no matter how good your intentions may be, you are setting yourself up to be liable for their Dead. What if you co-sign for someone and you're not even financially free yet? Now you've added to the debt that you created and you walk on more debt of somebody else. That's true. <clears throat> now we've set ourselves up to be even more in debt because we're taking on somebody else's responsibility. And oh God, what if you co-sign for someone who's not financially responsible? What if you co-sign for someone who does not care about jacking up your credit? What if you co-sign for someone who knows, you know what, this has given me a way out. If I mess up, I know grandma's going to be there. I know big daddy's going to be there. I know mom and daddy get my back. I can miss a month or two. It's the holidays. I, I got to live my best life. And now, your future is being impacted because of somebody else being financially irresponsible. That's right. Pastor, okay, I got you, I got you, I got you. Why are you saying that this is not a good thing to do? Why are you saying that we should not do this, that we should not entertain this, Pastor? I have really good reasons for doing it, absolutely. You may have really good reasons for doing it, and that's between you and that person and God. I'm just sharing you, I'm just sharing with you what the Word of God says to give you the best, to give you the best wisdom as much as possible so that you can make the best financial responsible, uh, the best financial decisions in your life. But here it is. Please hear me out this morning, saints of God. Co-signing, again, can, can potentially ruin your credit. What you have worked so hard to maintain, what you have worked so hard to do, what you have worked so hard to accomplish, what all the, all the sacrifices you've done, all the saving you have done, all the budgeting you have done, now you get to a place, you're free, you're fine, but now you're accepting somebody else's debt. And then when payments aren't made on time, when payments aren't made at all, now your credit is being jeopardized because of somebody else's irresponsibility. Go ahead. Not only can it ruin your credit, but it can also ruin relationships with family and friends. Oh, my goodness. You wonder why family reunions are so, uh, are, are so tense? <laughs> yeah, I ain't got to say nothing to me. Because you looking, you looking, you looking, you looking at Cousin Jim Bob, and you realize this was back in 1976. You co-signed for them to get something, and they messed up and messed you up, and now you don't want to have anything to do with them. You won't even go to their funeral when they die because you're still mad at them. And now a, a relationship, a friendship, family and friends, a relationship now has been ruined all because we have allowed ourselves to get in some type of financial agreement. Here it is. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's best to be able to say to yourself if a family or a close friend is in need of some money. Hey, let, let me I'm going to allow this to be a love gift. 
I don't want to do the whole borrowing game because I might look at you differently and I may not see you as my cousin. I may not see you as my brother or my sister. I'm going to see you as a joker on the street that I want to get because you owe me money now. It can potentially ruin great friendships and relationships all because money has now gotten involved in it. Right, right. And so it is wise, it is wise, let me say, let me, you know what, for the sake of our relationship, for the sake of who we are, for the sake of the value that you have in my life, let me say no to that so that we can still be able, so that we can still be able to have a fruitful relationship. You're right. Because the first time a payment's not made on time. <laughs> the first time they call you about the vehicle and the payment for the vehicle. You have to pray for the grace of God to show himself strong. <laughs> for El Shaddai to get to them before you get to them. You're right. But you set yourself up to ruin relationships. Your heart, your motive may be in the right place, but because now the agreement was not met. Mm -hmm. tension. It's tension within a relationship. Number three. You increase your debt. I'm adding something else now to my credit that I don't even have the privilege to enjoy. I'm taking on the responsibility of something that I may not drive, may not live in, may not, ever, may not even experience. And it's being added to my credit now because of what I'm doing for you. Now, again, again, listen, you may have great reasons for doing it. That's all between you and that person. But this is something to be able to think about before you act on it or really begin to do it. Because, again, in Proverbs 22, 26 to 27, he said, if they can't get them, the very bed that you sleep on will be snatched from under you. And no matter how good your intentions or your motives may have been, when the creditors call, they don't care about your intentions. Right. They don't care about your motives. They want their money, and they want their money now. So it's wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Wisdom. Somebody, everybody say wisdom. Wisdom. That we need the wisdom of God as we're making financial decisions. We need the wisdom of God. Right. We need the clarity of God to help us to be able to make the best financial decisions possible. We need God's wisdom. We need his word. That's why, saints of God, we have to be in the word of God. That's why we have to be in prayer. That's why we need others who are wiser than us that we can be able to go to. The Bible says there is safety in wise counsel. The people that we can be able to go to. Let me run this idea by you real quick. I know my heart and my motives are in the right place, but should I sign my name on the dotted line for a five-year agreement? Should I set myself up? I know they're trying to do well. I know this is really helping the baby get ahead in life. Should I do this? Or if I decide to do it, please, ma'am, please, sir, know what you are signing yourself up for. Right. Amen. Because if you don't, credit it messed up. Relationship. There is nothing worse for family members to be in tune with each other and won't even talk to each other all over some money. All over some money. Yeah. 
Nothing worse for relationships, good relationships that span decades to be ruined all because of money. So if you go forth and do it, please, ma'am, please, sir, make sure you know exactly what you're doing. And make sure you have clear agreements. I mean, if you have to type up your own stuff and, 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 and get it notarized, have your own stuff that you have just to have clear communication and a, an agreement on what you need to do. But before you sign the paper, please talk to God. <laughs> please pray about this. If this is something that you, that you really need to do, that you must do, are there any other options of what can be done to help us to get what you need to get to do what you need to do? Make sure you are clear on what to do. And God is with you in the midst of it. So, Pastor, how do, I, how do I apply this to my life? Let's look at this latter part. Let's look at verse 5 of Proverbs chapter 6 uh, because it tells us exactly what to do. It tells us exactly what to do. I love what Solomon says because he says, he, he says okay, if you put up security, if you've co-signed for someone, if you come into an agreement, if you have been trapped by your mouth, if you have been trapped by yourself, by your agreement, and you're caught up by what you are saying, I know you want to hold true to your word. Well, Pastor, I gave my word, Pastor. I told them I would do this. They were really banking on me to be able to do it. Now you have the word of God to help you to clear your name, to know that I need to go back and make some changes in what I have already made the commitment of doing. I like what Solomon says. He says, verse 3, follow my advice and save yourself, for you have placed yourself at your friend's mercy. He says, swallow your pride. Go and beg for your name to be erased, and don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do. Solomon here is showing the urgency it is to be able to get stuff right. Solomon here is showing the urgency of what you need to do. He says, I know you have already made this agreement by name. I know you have already made this agreement with your name. You've already shaken hands on it and said that you would do it, but you need to go back and beg to get your name off this agreement because it it can ruin your credit. It can ruin your relationship with this person. And it can also, it can also cause you to be in more debt. Notice the urgency of what he says. He says, do it now. And don't rest until you do. He says, do it now. Don't rest until you do. And then he uses the analogy of a gazelle. There's a picture right there on the screens of a gazelle. It looks like an antelope. It looks like a deer, but it's not a deer. It's a gazelle. It is probably one, you find these most in Africa, and, and they're one of the fastest animals. They run 60 miles per hour. Solomon says here, hey, there's something that we can be able to learn from the gazelle. He says, I need you to save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter. I need you to run as fast as you can like a, ble like, like a bird fleeing about to get killed. I need you to run for your life. And that's the mindset that we should have, not just with co-signing. That's the mindset we should have when it comes to death. Run for your life. Have up in your mindset, I'm going to have the, I'm going to have the gazelle mentality. I'm not going to allow myself to get caught up by the traps of death. I'm not going to allow myself to get caught up with having multiple credit cards. Oh, Lord, here we go. Y'all done shut me down. Y'all done shut me down. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here's a wise statement. If you're not good with money, you don't need a credit card. 
If you're quick to spend everything you get, you don't need a credit card. Because you will see anything. Use your card for a pizza that was $10 and 95 cents and you gave a $3 tip. And you didn't pay it on time the first of the month. Now you're paying $87.57 for a $10 and 93 cent pizza. The interest rate that you didn't read when you were walking campus going over the bridge and they got you to sign up for a credit card to get free dominoes. And you use it not knowing the responsibility that came with it and how you need to make your payment on time. Otherwise, interest would be added to what you originally bought. We got to have the gazelle mentality when it comes to debt as a whole, not just with co-signing, but we have to have the gazelle mentality that we are running, that we are running, that we are running, that we are running as fast as we can. If it smells like debt, if it looks like debt, I have to run as fast as I can for my life. Why? Because I realize the future that I'm trying to build. I realize I'm working on something. I realize where I want to be in five years. I'm realizing when I get married, I want to be able to have more there's just a nice body and good looks to give to my spouse. I want to be able to come to the table and be financially free. Yes. That's right. And anything that smells and looks like that, I have to stay away from it because I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. So this gazelle mentality is what you and I must have. We must have this mindset that we are running for our lives, running for our lives because it's a trap that will get you entangled and take you years to get out of if you don't have a plan. If you don't have a plan to be able to get out of that, have you entangled for years and years and years? But God has already shown us in his word over these past four weeks of what we need to do in order to make some financial adjustments in our lives so that we can be able to breathe a little bit more comfortably. That's right. So that we can be able to enjoy life a little bit more better. So that we can be able to give and not be a big deal in our giving. He says, free yourself like the gazelle and run for your life. Run like your life depends on it. Because I'm telling you, as we begin to make these financial adjustments in our life, I'm telling you, saints of God, it will leave a legacy for our children. Right. And showing them, them being able to see the, 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 the mistakes and all, it leaves a legacy for our children on how to be better stewards with what God has blessed them with. Right. Free yourself. Free yourself. Run. 
Run from it like your life depends on it. You're right. Because you know where you want to go. And you know what you want to accomplish. No matter what stage in life you're in, whether you're a college student, whether you're in high school, whether you're married, whether you're single, doesn't matter what stage you're in, have a plan of what you're going to do so that you can be able to live better financially. That's right. So true. And it all starts with us. Making decisions today about what we're going to do. It all starts with us making better choices and decisions today. For some things that we may not see the results for until next week. It starts with us disciplining ourselves, having some focus when it comes to our finances. So that we can be able to see some change and transformation take place in our lives. It's not the will of God for you to be pacing the floor at night trying to figure out how ends are going to meet. Stressing yourself out, worried, anxious. Scared to answer the phone when the phone do ring. You don't know the number is. You panic because you think it might be a bill collector. When all it was, me calling from the church just saying hi. <laughs> you know, freaked out. It's not the will of God for you to live under that type of pressure. Right. Right. It's pressure that has not been caused by the enemy. It's pressure that has not been caused by the devil. It's pressure that we have placed on ourselves due to poor financial decisions. Right. Oh, y'all ain't got to say amen. Right. I know I'm right about it. But all of that can change today. today. All of that can change right now. All of that can change. 2020 could be a better year for you financially just off of the decisions that you make today going forward. All about the discipline and the stewardship and the budgeting that you put in place right now. Right now. Thank you, Lord. That can help you have a better tomorrow. I asked you to do something last week. I asked you I'll do something last week. I asked you to write down all of your debt. I asked you to write down all your debt. If you didn't do it, it's all good. I, 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 we were being proactive. We got paper for you. If you need a sheet of paper just to write that on, just lift your hands. Our ushers are coming. Here's what I want you to do. I did mine. I'm ready. I'm ready. Sister Deborah couldn't be here. She gave me hers last Sunday. Lakeju wasn't here today. She gave me hers this past Wednesday at Bible study. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down on this sheet of paper that the ushers are giving you right now. I want you to write down. You can put down a number altogether what you owe. I went, I, I sat down, I looked at how much I owe in student loans, how much my wife owes in student loans, how much we own our house, how much we own our car. Wrote all that stuff down. You can do it that way or you can just write down one big number, one large number. Doesn't make a difference. And in fact, you might want to get two sheets. I did two for myself. I'm going to put one on the altar. I'm putting one up on the fridge at home just to remind myself what I'm working towards, what I'm doing. Now, if you don't know an exact number, just estimate. Just estimate. 
Once you got that written down, I want you to come and put it on the altar. I want you to come put it on the altar. I want you to come put it on the altar. And I'm going to tell you why, why we're doing what we're doing. Just come put it on the altar. We got time. We got more than that. If you need a pen, borrow your friend, borrow your neighbor's pen. Make sure you give it back, though. Don't be a pen thief. Amen. Make sure you give it back. Make sure you give it back to them. Pen's a hot commodity. Praise the Lord. Give it back to them. Write it all down. Write it all down. And just come place it on the altar. Write it all down. And then come place it on the altar. Do the choir need some? Y'all praise to y'all got y'all good? Y'all come. You got your own notebook. Come on here. Let's do it. I ain't playing. Come bring it. Come bring it. Come bring it. This is beautiful. Love it. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come put it on the altar. Put all of it. Put it on the altar. Put it on the altar. Hallelujah. Put it on the altar. Hallelujah. Put it on the altar. 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 Hallelujah. There's a story. Give me your eyes. Give me your eyes. Give me your eyes. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 4. We preached about this a few weeks ago. The widow who husband is now gone. He was a good man. He was a good godly man, but he died, and when he died, he left his family in debt. Creditors are coming to her house, wanting to enslave her boys because she wasn't able to pay her debt. Now, when you read that story in 2 Kings chapter 4, I really want you to read it, verses 1 through 7, because it's a great story, and you can preach so much to preach from it. But the prophet came and asked her, what do you have in your house? And she said, all I have is a little jar, a flask of oil. She took that oil, and he said, go borrow as many pots as she can. And she began to fill those jars by faith until they were overflowing. And then the oil just all of, a sudden, all of a sudden stopped when she ran out of jars. God supernaturally moved on her behalf after she worked what she had. God supernaturally moved on her behalf after she put in the work. God supernaturally moved on her behalf after she initiated what the man of God told her to do. God supernaturally moved on her behalf after she made a plan and acted on the plan. The Bible says that she had enough to pay off all her debt and still have something to live off of. Pastor, what are you saying? Us writing down what we owe, who we owe, how much we owe, is only the first half of the plan. We wrote it down. You can name it and claim it if you want to, but if we're not working the plan, working it, that's it. 
and being good stewards of what God has blessed us with, managing what we have, budgeting, saving, then there's no need for us to pray for God to supernaturally move on our behalf. But when we are, when we are a part in what God is doing in our lives and we say, okay, Lord, you do what I cannot do and I'm going to do what I can do. That woman's life was changed. And not just her life, her whole household was changed. That after she trusted God enough, she obeyed what Elijah told her to do. And God supernaturally breathed, God supernaturally moved on her behalf. And here's what I believe. I believe that's what God's going to do for us. Oh, I ain't got no help in here. I'll be by myself today. I, all the way, I'll go all the way by myself today if need be. I believe that's what God is going to do on our behalf. We're going to work. Who was that? Was, uh, uh, come on, sir. Let's do it. We're going to discipline. Asking myself before I put anything in the cart, if it's not on my list, do I really need this right now? Can this wait? Before I make any big, big financial decisions, hey, how will this impact everything that I want to do in life in the next five years? Using the envelopes to be able to have money for spending, have money for coughing, have money for shopping, have money for bills, and not transferring envelopes. All right. But disciplining myself. And if you struggle with that, man, that's nothing wrong with you saying, God, help me. God, help me. Lord, I know what I want to do. I know what I need to do to make a better life for me and for my family. But I struggle with telling myself, no, God, help me to say no. Help me to discipline myself. Help me to have a budget. God, bring some people in my life that can come alongside of me and help me to make better financial decisions. But I promise you, I believe God. But once we start working and moving and saving and paying things off and, and, and doing all of those things, oh my gosh, God will supernaturally move on our behalf. He will literally, I believe God is literally going to blow our minds. He's going to give us favor. He's going to, he's going to move on our behalf. I'm not just trying to hype y'all up. I'm just saying what I know that God is able to do and what he will do if we trust him. Listen, I got a text the other day saying, Pastor, listen, I know you said, you know, once we started doing it, uh, write everything down. But, Pastor, I've already paid a credit card off. Yeah. Woo! Yes. Thank you, God. And here's my challenge for you all. When it happens, when God does it, I want you to boldly stand and to testify about what God did because that's going to help us to continue to have faith and to continue to hold on once we see what God has done in your life. Amen? Amen. Grab the neighbor's hand. Neighbors or however many people around you, grab their hands, grab their hands, grab their hands. We're going to pray. 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 We're going to believe God. We're going to put in the work. Man, tell your neighbors today, but you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. Stay focused. Don't give in. Don't, don't, don't settle for these traps of debt. You can do this. You can do this. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. He will give you discipline. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to live in debt the rest of your life. I know. I know what you've seen. I know what you 
saw growing up, but that does not have to be your ending. That does not have to be your future. You can change. You can change the future of another generation by the way you deal with money. You can change the future generations based off your decisions that you make today. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we come before you right now, Lord God. We're thanking you in advance for how you're going to empower us to do what we cannot do on our own, God. We thank you in advance for discipline, God. We're thanking you in advance, Lord God, for focus, oh God. We're thanking you in advance, Father God, for everything that you are going to do. We're thanking you for the favor, God. We're thanking you, Lord God, for the action that you will send our way, not just to blow, but to pay off some debt, Father God. We thank you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that our debt, the numbers that we have, oh God. I'm so glad that those numbers don't intimidate you, Father God, but you are yet still God, and you're not moved by numbers, Father God, but you're moved by faith, oh God. So we stand in faith today, oh God, knowing that we have a human responsibility, Father God, and we are ready, Father God, to discipline ourselves. We are ready to be better stewards, oh God. We're ready, Father God, to do what we need to do with what we have, Father God. We thank you for the ways that you've all already made, Father God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, oh God, that if we have not gotten our taxes yet, Lord God, that we will already have a plan of what we're going to do, Lord. We may not be able to pay off everything, God, but help us to at least pay off one bill, two bills, oh God. Lord God, we want to be able to see some changes, oh God, come summer, Lord God. We want to be able to see some changes come the end of the year, Father God, that we can be able to look back and say, God, look what you have done. So we give it to you, Lord God, every, every amount, God, we give it to you. Every amount, God, we give it to you. Every amount, we give it to you, Lord God. These are not just paper. These are not just ink, Lord God, filled with paper, Lord God. We're releasing stress right now, God. We're releasing anxiety right now, God. We're releasing financial pressure right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we are changing the future for our kids and our kids' kids, oh God, by the moves and decisions and actions that we're making today. So, Father, when you do it, we'll be so careful to give you all the praise. When you do it, God, we'll be so careful to give you all the glory. When you do it, God, we'll be so careful to say, God, look at what you've done. When you do it, God, we won't be ashamed to testify and talk about our daddy. We thank you in advance once again, Father. that we will be a debt-free people, that we'll be a debt-free church, that we won't live under the burden of stress, the burden of anxiety, but that we'll be free. You told us, cast out our cares on you, for you care for us. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I even pray for that individual individuals right now, Lord God, that's just trying to figure out how ends are going to be met this week, God. Gas that needs to be in the car, food that needs to go in the fridge, provision either for kids, clothes, whatever. God, I pray because I know that you are the God that you say you are and that you see, you see, you see, and you know. I pray, God, that whatever it is that they need, that you will meet it, Father. 
I pray, Father God, that whomever you put on our minds to bless, Father God, that we won't second guess it, but that we will do it. That we will obey, that we won't worry about the giving, Father God, but that we will remember that we serve the God of an open hand. That as we bless others, you will turn around and bless us again. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, give God praise in here today. Woo, come on, give him praise. In here. I'm excited. I'm excited. I can't wait for God to blow our minds. I'm excited about what our God, my God is going to do. Come on and put those hands together. Hallelujah. I'm excited about what God's going to do. Listen, we're getting ready to go. There may be someone here today, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You're still trying to figure out how all this stuff connects with God. Here it is. When it comes to your finances, when it comes to your money, God wants us to trust him with everything. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's. Everything is his. He wants us to trust him with everything. Over in Matthew, it talks about if the birds in the air paraphrase is not concerned about what they're going to eat where they're going to sleep what they're going to wear how much more us that have been made in his likeness and, his, and in his image and is in his image how much more should we be as confident as the birds in the air and knowing that he's going to take care and provide for us if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, as our ministers and elders and deacons and prayer team is coming now, we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you.